not going to talk to her just like that, are you? Oh, hmm? You've trodden something. I wimpy. Did you get me that fizzy stuff? He's doing him, Ruth. Well, he doesn't need you, Lear and Aaron, does he? Yeah. Out. Yeah. Yeah, fizz off. Simo and Redmond are the thong slappers. They're two blokes making lots of noise but getting nowhere fast. Righto, we good? Simo? Benny? Is good? Winston? Righto, uh, what did you want to change this to, Simo? So, hold on. Cock and balls, we're going to change to special guests. Yep. Righto, get out of here, Benny. Uh, Winston? Give me a pistol. Yep. Come on, Winston. Well, yeah, let me take the magazine out. One in the chamber? Yeah, you sneaky prick. Yeah. Yeah, well, go on. Let me push you still in. I was kidding. It was a joke. It was a joke. You're the one that went to boarding school. Come on. Get out of here. Come on. And I'll record it. Come on. There's uh, chocolate in the fridge, so I'm at right Cross. Cross. Never going to get rid of him. Right. Where was I? Three, two, one, go. Hey everybody, welcome back to Australia's first streetcar podcast. Uh, which is like I've been chosen to explain to you guys why the delay, why we've been off the air for so long. Bit of controversy obviously surrounding this one. So without further delay, thought I'd get onto it. And three, two, one, go. Well, we've been off the air. I'm sure we've received about seven million emails. Heaps of phone calls, even had some snail mail to get to it. I'm sure it's been being live over about, it's been on YouTube, it's been on everything. I'm sure you've all seen it. The Thong Slap, it's been called at uh, Thong Slapper's Truth Telling Awards. Benny slapped Winston live on stage in regards to Winston making some off-colour remarks about Simon's baldness. Uh, I don't want to brush over it or I don't want to carry him over it. Hey, hey Betty, 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 kidding, kidding, Simon, get him out of here, get him out of here. He's weren't meant to be listening. You see the red lights on? Go, go. <laughs> Sorry, off-colour joke. So we've decided to get back into the podcast and we're going to do a proper podcast, but I just we've written something for me to read out to everybody to explain the reason for our delay. So here we go. So this is from all of us at the Thong Slappers. I never thought I'd be writing this as we sit down to explain our delay with the luxury of hindsight and now that cooler heads have prevailed i've been chosen to read this out uh, they call me the peacemaker but i never knew why as streetcar owners builders drivers and enthusiasts we all tend to have a passion and an opinion on all facets and favorites in the scene the passions reign in actions from waltzing chest first into a gt owner's display at a car show wearing a brocky t-shirt or getting a smirking up yours from a Blue Bloods when number 17 takes the checkered flag, or even having a bellyache when you disagree with who was judged best or a trophy winner at a contest. I believe we are a family of sorts, and we get a decent balance of the larger percentage of us can see the greater good for the greater many when it comes to our beloved or treasured modified streetcar scene. And like all families, we tend to have our challenges and trials. So now to address the issue at hand, the reason for this correspondence. In regard to the incident at the truth-telling awards and the ceremony, we the Thong Slappers have taken instructions from our counsel and our lawyer, Dennis Denuda, and we've chosen to ignore it. At this juncture, the footage is trending and has gone viral. Henceforth, we do admit without prejudice or liability 
that at 10 past 10 on the Saturday night in question, it does seem to show Benny striding up on stage and slapping the host Winston after he aimed a joke at Simon's bald head. Points worth noting in the defence of Benny, the sergeant at arms here at the Thong Slappers, the footage is grainy and blurred at best. We're waiting on some results of the drug and alcohol sample taken from the camera operator, who is in fact Gus, the stay-at-home dad. Secondly, Benny weighed in well under the weight of the fight weight, and the contest may be deemed no fight. We've had an interrogative look at the footage, and Benny says there ain't going to be no rematch, to which Winston replies, don't want no rematch. We hope that everybody in the streetcar family can agree to resolve our differences in future with a sausage roll and a can of passiona. From everybody at the Thong Slappers, we would just like to say, we love yous all, and we truly believe you to be a bunch of moots. Love from the whole family here at the Thong Slappers. Oh, shit, she's fucking knacking myself. We've got a special guest with us in the podcast, and we've got Larry Straightrod. He's the president of the uh, Righteous Restoration Club here in Australia. So, uh, g'day, Larry. How you going, mate? Fucking Larry Longprong. <laughs> hey, uh, name I'll go by. That's not my real name. Who's actually snuck in is it's uh, the gentleman who is known to mow the lawn in the blackout with a fly mow. Simon, how you going, my mate? Good, mate. It takes a lot of fucking skill to do that. You do realise that, hey? Simon, we have got more chance of getting Disturbia to run a seven-second quarter mile at 150 PSI boost with Carmen Electra driving it naked than getting this fucking computer bullshit to work. How much muck around have we had this afternoon in the podcast of getting all this electronic crap to work? Fuck me. You'd think after all these years we just know how to do it, but I don't know. It's like it just changes every time. Hey, I'm just going to lock my chair in because it's squeaking like a clap-clap. And I don't want it to sound like I'm farting when I'm not, because I want to, you know, actually own up to that shit. Oh, I'm yeah, okay, Coco. Again. Yeah, Coco, get Hang out on. of the podcast. <laughs> Hang on, here we go. Lock. There we go. I'm locked and loaded. And so is the chair. We've got the most expensive bit of electronic equipment ever to come inside the pod... <laughs> ever to be used in, I'm just not game to give you that opening, ever to have inside the podcast or set of headphones and the stinking clap claps won't work. So I've had to, um, in the podcast, well, this is also known as Benny Hill. It's bedroom when he's actually in attendance. He's not here. The master of disasters is not with us. And sure. one other thing is what's, I was packing up some Benny's toolkit to send home to him. And what's a flashlight? Some sort of part of his Harley, is it? Yeah, look, I think you put it on the air cleaner when you're going through really dusty road yeah, conditions. I don't know. It looks yeah. fairly beat up, but I sent it back to him anyway. But um, <laughs> I'd say mm. it would be pretty beat up, pardon the pun. But uh, <laughs> you know, look, really, the only technology I've got going on at my end is a fucking iPhone. After my microphone itself has fucking shit itself, the clap clap of a thing. But yeah, so we've we've decided to come back and uh, do a. A podcast after the thong slap debacle, which we've spoken about. So, what do you want to? What do you want to get mm. straight in? I just don't leave you any room for any innuendo. What would you like to do as far as a podcast, Simon? <laughs> you know the innuendo thing. Fuck, it makes me laugh. And the thing I really enjoy is on the Legends in Our Own Lunchtimes page, people of all ages are getting in on it. Costa Jeffries, who's a young bloke, fucking top thong slapper bloke, top mutt. <laughs> He's been posting plenty of that shit. I'm like, I feel so fucking proud that he's doing that. It really, you know, makes me honestly feel proud that the young people are picking up the whole 
innuendo ball, pardon the pun, and running with it. It is a good thing. It is a good thing. So, yeah, mate. Well, when you got in contact with me and said, hey, we should do a bit of a spring as sprung or lowered spring or some sort of spring run related thing, we thought we'd do a bit of 1972 action, and for good reason, because that 1972, that actually correlates to my latest project, which is the last thing I fucking need, but... <laughs> You get that. So, uh, it, yeah, it actually correlates to the build year of my latest project. Hey, um, Skipper, tell him what you actually said about when I said we need a name to, to fit in with the spring has oh, sprung. <laughs> tell him. It, it was something to do with coming or something. <laughs> Hang on. Spring has sprung, go. Viagra. <laughs> oh, um, oh, fuck. What did I say to you? You said we should use something like spring has sprung or use Viagra. Oh, or, yeah. I said Viagra, spring to attention or spring has spoofed. Yes, that's exactly. So, and I'm well, just either get, either. And I'm really? just like, oh so my fine. god, this guy. What do we do from here? No, it but what, what we're going to do is going to make a, a really big uh, podcast out of this with heaps of stuff on. There's going to be some stuff to uh, with Benny's ride, some other to the sixty bits and pieces. Just release it as one big podcast. Blob. Yeah, blob. yeah. <laughs> see, yeah. see what we're doing. Well, it means less work on our front, so that's probably and less, less work is what what I'm all about. Yep, me too. So, yeah, that's kind of how we arrived at 1972 because both being fans of the year in review, which in a lot of ways I really enjoyed doing a lot, not say a lot more than magazine reviews, but I really enjoyed having that step back in time to talk about shit like that. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey, but speaking of magazine stuff really quickly, hey, I want to quickly talk to you about Smotty. Just I want to get your thoughts on Smotty, like what car – you hope wins Smotty this year, but what car you think will win? Well, my favourite car, there's two different ones. My favourite car is Josh's LC Tirana. That one that is just, I, I sent Telfer a message saying, I love it. It was the, it was the cover car. Yeah, the it cover was, car. Yeah. yeah all that, 2022. Yeah, that just, I was besotted by it. It was, it's, it's a modern build on a car. Like, it's not a, a, a triple webbed. 202 uh it's something that is it's such a clever car when i read it i can't believe it's such a small car as far as wheelbase and track they've got so much gear into that car oh yeah 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 definitely with those you just look at those tubs and it's got like the big paddle steamer wheels underneath the back of it like it yeah it gives the impression that it's a larger car than it really is like if you didn't know what an lc and lj was size wise like they're a small fucking car and yeah, it's there is definitely a lot going on. Hey, yeah, I, I, I said to tell somewhere in my mind, there's always an LCLJ Tirana chasing a HOGT Falcon through the mountain roads. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, you know, it's better than having stressful shit in your mind. Yeah, really. yeah, it is. Yeah. It's um, yeah, but yeah. what's going to win it? I think a very clever car. Now, what's going to win? That's a good question. Can. Mm. Uh, I've done an induction. Uh, on the way that you've asked that question, is very clever. I done an induction the other day, and the answers right. were yes, no, or maybe. And I went, wow. So I picked maybe, and it was the correct answer. <laughs> like They considered it a correct answer. I thought, wow, this is going to be really easy. Well, you could just be in that position where yes and no, right, those two options, they no longer identify as yes or no. <laughs> yeah. So perhaps they are maybe just to placate every motherfucker these days with things you have to do. Can you give me your smutty answers there, Skipper? Well, you can, but you haven't actually told me who you think will win. That, that was sneaky, wasn't it? Yeah, well, <laughs> you're, you're really good at this. What I think will win is a people's choice. 
would have to be a Holden because everybody loves Holdens and they are the greatest characters. Oh, yeah, there you go. It's got to be Joven Barter's H.K. Monaro. Done. There you go. There's your answer. Yep, look, you say that because I, as far as what car I think will win, I tend to agree with you. Mm-hmm. I think Joven Batar's HK Monaro will actually win from yep. the People's Choice side of things. Yep. But my, you know, look, I love Nathan Young's XB oh. Falcon, that black hardtop. Yep. I actually saw that driving through like across the Redcliffe Bridge oh, a few weeks ago now. Oh, and wow. that thing, fuck, it's tough. But the car that I would love to win, I don't know why, like, I, I know why. I just fucking love it. But it's not normally something I'd go for, but I think it's just the overall package in the build. Robert Jean Graves XR Falcon U, you know, the gold one yep. with the GT kind of bits and pieces yep. on it. I fucking love that thing. Like, I just, there's something about that car. It's tough. It's so well built. And it, you know, he's obviously having a few teething issues, a drag challenge, but the thing is got massive potential. There's something about that ute. It's just fucking tough ass. Like, I just love everything about it. So, yeah, that's kind of what I – my personal choice is that. But what I think will win is Joven Batar's HK Monaro. Hey, just out of chance, do you have the magazine in front of you at the moment? I do. Hey, go to, go to the cover, please. Yes. Do you know what inclusive, inclusive training is? Oh, probably – well, inclusivity. It's like yeah. – Letting everybody have a yeah. go. Have a look at the cover, right? So just, have you got the cover? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. This is for the Brahma. Yep, it? yep. So this yep. is the cover. Top yep. 60 XY Falcon. Yep. Mopar Sunday. Yep. Turbo Barra Mustang. Right. Big Block Chevy Holden. Yeah. We got, yeah. You, co- we got you covered, man. <laughs> it has. It has, definitely. That and cover that- is brilliant, man. I love color. it. Yeah, the way they put the cover in, the use the colour of the car, it's a teal or whatever, I don't know, I'm a man, I only know four colours. The teal cover of the, beg your pardon, colour of the car is also the cover of the background. Yeah, yep. I actually saw that car in the flesh, not the flesh light, Benny Hewlett, <laughs> but in the flesh at um, Beach Fest. And you know what? I fucking love every single thing about it, but the front wheels, those fucking World Power Cruise 17-inch front things, I can't wait till that fad's over. Yeah, it right. Just, it, it fucks the stance up of the car. Like, as far as too high or too low? Too high. Like, the whole, I know the whole invisible caravan thing is a big thing, but it's possible to also do that, but still run 15-inch front wheels. Like, it just, it just, it threw off the proportions of the car to me. And I love bronze. I love this car. I love the colour. You'll get a bit of a hint of it if you look at page 28. Just something like i don't know it just it, it yeah just, right it yeah. throws the visual balance of the car and like i said i love this car this will be my smotty next year you know vote because i'm sure it's going to get nominated because it's tough as there's just something about those front wheels it just throws the proportions out of it so but anyway i love Can, it do you know the only comment the old man had about like brian i'm not listening to dad's brian yeah. you know the only single comment brian plankman like dad said about it they spelt Brahm wrong. No. They, oh, yeah. They well, should have spelled it Brugham. You know what he said? I wonder what they've done with the six out of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't need any more. Like, you have to nearly, you just about can't get to his shed. What are you going to do with all these holding sixes? Oh, yeah. Know. They'll be yours when I die. And I'm like, oh, fucking yippee. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm just going to put my phone on silent so in case some clap clap tries to ring me. There we go. <laughs> Beauty. Yeah. So. Yeah, there you go. What's happening on your end with a bit of domestic bliss? Oh, you sold your Commodore, didn't you? Oh, man, that was so easy. I actually sold my VK. It was uh, 
I'm sick of moving the thing in and out of the shed. So a mate's mate rang up and um, I was doing a million things. He rings up and he goes, do you want to sell your VK? And I'm like, oh, yeah. And he goes, I'll give you X amount for it. And I went, he goes, I've got a VK. I've got a supercharged six-cylinder VK with a yellow terror, I think it is. Is that the right? Is that is that who makes them little blowers for it? Maybe. Not really sure, to be honest. I would have to double check. And he goes, I'm gonna going to sell the supercharged six out of it and put a V8 in it. But somebody's offered me this much money for the whole car. And oh. I, yeah. And he was just honest. He's a mate of mine. And he goes, I'll sell the whole car for that. And it's the same amount I'll give you for your VK. And I went, mate, just send the tilt tray around. And I said, this is what's wrong with the VK. It needs this, this, and this. And he's down in Mackay. And he goes, look, I'm really busy. I said, look, I'll be brutally honest with you. Put the money into my account. When you get the car in three days, if it's not exactly as I describe it here, as, as it to you, yeah. send it back. I'll put the money back in your account. And he's like, yeah. right, eh, mate. And we're kind of, that was the conversation. He was selling his car for that amount. I was selling him for mine. No fuck yeah. around. He, he hasn't got time to come and look at it, whatever. He gets the car. He says, keep the money. And, and then Gary Johnson goes around to buy something off him and goes, oh, it's Redmond's car. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he listens to this podcast, the guy that buys it, and he hasn't done a fucking thing with it. <laughs> Well, at least that tradition's keeping. Yeah, that's right. And I sold yeah. my V8 Hilux. I sold my bike trailer. I sold a couple of dirt bikes. I just, mate, just, I'm a big believer. I don't have any attachment to mechanical things. I'm a big believer. If it sits still for too long, bush it. I'm the, what's the opposite of a hoarder? A realist? I don't know. <laughs> a realist? Probably a smart fucker. Yeah. yeah. I just, mate, I just got rid of all this stuff. Like anything that's, I, I sold my CB750, um, my RMZ. I've had a good, I've had, uh, I haven't had a drink for six months either. I've just uh, just been really... Fuck, you must be thirsty. It's not even water. <laughs> hey, all the guys, this will make you laugh. The millennials at work, they don't have... They listen to too many podcasts, so they don't have uh, second smoker because they're fasting. You know, they're going on this fast, so they book 13-hour days. I come and say, superintendent, I haven't drank any water. Can I book 15 hours? And he laughs. He goes, yeah, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Just to say, yeah, what about domestic bliss? Tell us about this uh, this truck you're building, mate. Well, it's kind of started by accident, as a lot of things do in life. Probably me. <laughs> I'm third child. Third <laughs> yeah. child. <laughs> yeah. Um, what the go was, okay, I sold old days, as you know, and that was to clear space around the house and be a bit more responsible. And I thought to myself, you know what? I'd really love to get a Dodge 84 or a D5N, like a, like a truck. Yep. And I've wanted one since I was a kid. My dad, uh, he worked for Chrysler slash Mitsubishi for 40 years, basically, from 1965 through to early 2000s. And he spent his time at Chrysler in Dodge truck engineering, so from 65 to 1980. And then when it became Mitsubishi, he went over to the Mitsubishi truck side of things, right? Yeah. So my dad knows these things inside and out. He yeah, won't right. tell you what he had for breakfast, but he can tell you what diff ratio, like a D5N700 with a, you know, 6V or whatever is supposed to have. Like, he just knows his shit inside out. So I thought to myself, fuck it. I turned 50 next year. I'm going to start looking around for a Dodge just to get one for a 50th birthday present to myself. And near my work, there's been a Dodge D5N that's – I've admired this truck for like 15 years. And – but I never really had a close look at it or anything like that. Like, it looks a bit rough and ready from the street. Yeah, but it's – well, that's <laughs> right. And it had been sitting 
kind of in this, I guess, like almost like a vacant block of land across from this guy's house. And I'd always see it parked there. Over the last 15 years, I've seen the front wheels change. I've seen the single wheel, like, diff be switched to Julie's. And I've seen, you know, just a few little things cosmetically change with this truck over the years. So the last few months, I've noticed that the grass is getting longer and longer around it. And I thought, fuck, I'm just going to cold knock this bloke and see, hey, look, I don't turn 50 till October next year, October 2023. So it's still plenty of time. I thought, I'll cold knock the bloke to say, mate, look, I'm interested. If you're ever interested in selling your truck, here's my name and number. Please give me a call. Thinking that maybe six months time or 12 months time. He might remember to give me a bell, right? That was the plan. So I rocked up at this bloke's place, middle of the day. I was going back to work and I thought, oh, I'll just stop and, and see if he's home. Knock on the door. G'day, mate. Do you own that truck across the road? Yes, I do. Are you by any chance interested in selling it? Because if you are, or if you might be considering it in the future, I'll give you my details. He goes, funny thing you say that, mate. He goes, I just loaded it up with all the spare parts on the weekend in preparation to advertise it. <laughs> I'm like, it's a fucking sign, like a beauty. Yeah, beauty, that's awesome. So I go across the road with him to have a look at it. And all I knew from driving past was that it's a D5N. It's an early girl because it's still got the push button door handles that you get in the AT4. Yep. And it had a big, massive canopy on the back with a tray body with like a big canopy style thing. It's got a bull bar. And it had eight stud hubcap wheels on the front, but was six stud dually rear. So I figured, look, and because I'd seen it with a single wheel, it was a like a 200 series, but had a 300 series dually rear diff. And that's what I want. I always wanted the smallest dual axle truck I could get, right? Yeah, or cheaper for Red Joe. Well, yeah, I just wanted dual axle on the back, or dual wheel, sorry, on the back. And, um, yeah, that was just kind of one of my prerequisites if I had the option. So, and I, also I'd seen that I had the 318 heavy duty badges on the guards when I'd drive past and go really slow. So, <laughs> anyway, go over there. Yeah, mate, no dramas. We're having a chat and stuff. And I say, look, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty keen and go and have a bit of a look around. It's got a bit of rust in the doors, a bit of rust in the cab and a few other bits. The paint's pretty rude. It's like a cyan blue colour. So we're looking around it, and I said, oh, is it a 318? Like, I see it's got the 318 badges. He goes, no, he goes, no, not anymore, mate. He goes, it's a six-cylinder. And I'm like, oh, that's all right. Like, I really want a 318 one, but that's fine. Like, is it a 245 heavy duty? He goes, no. He goes, it's actually got a, a Perkins in it, a 354. So it's been stuffed full of a six-cylinder Perkins diesel with a direct-drive five-speed transmission out of a later model – oh, sorry – a bigger size Dodge truck. So I'm not into diesels at all. And this thing, it literally, it's a fucking pretty big engine. You know those 354s. Yep. You get them in like heaps of shit. Like so what's the five-speed out of? What breeds a five-speed? I would say it's Dodge truck also. It's yeah. a um, new process five-speed. So yeah, direct drive. Like So fifth gear is one-to-one. -one. Yeah, so it's got um, a low first. So it's not like an overdrive. Like a dead reduction yeah, first. Yeah, very low yeah. first. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so anyway, we're looking around, and I was like, oh, shit. I'm thinking, oh, no, it's okay. I can always put a thread in the back. I said, oh, yeah, look, I was, wasn't was really looking for a project. I'm getting lazy, but I guess I could chase up a thread in and put that in. He goes, oh, no, he rolls, goes around to the back, rolls its rear tarp up off the canopy. He goes, oh, here's the original engine out of it, and there's the thread in sitting in the back. So I've just gone, okay, this is a sign. This is all just too good to be true. So we did a deal, and a week later, it's at home. So, yeah, so... It, Pretty much what I've done is go through it mechanically, rebuilt all the suspension, just rebushed it all, 
What is it? Break. Four leaf spring, leaf spring front and rear. Yeah, it is. It's, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. So it, it's only it hasn't got like dual packs on the back. It's just single packs with a Dana seventy. It's got like four double eight gears, so it maxes out at eighty k's an hour. Steering box um, front end. It is, yeah. but it's been fitted with a Mazda T thirty five hundred power steer already. Wow. Yeah, fucking hope. So it's mechanically it's pretty good. Like I'm not keeping the diesel. I'm going to put a three eighteen back in it. Kingpin front um, end though, hey. Yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. not in bad nick. I just basically rebushed all the springs and the shackles. Yeah, it's great to drive. It's such a fucking death trap that it makes it awesome <laughs> to drive. Like seriously, I know and, you're talking to the right person. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah and yeah, but like it is good. I enjoy it. I just thought, look, the plan was to take as, as much weight out of it as possible. It was actually set up to tow a massive caravan around Australia. So it had these fucking world's hugest water tanks under the rear tray, had the huge canopy on it. I ended up, I took the canopy off and uh, gave that to a mate of mine who's got an international who's going to fit that onto that. Fucked off the tow bar, got rid of the massive water tanks. I reckon I would have taken probably, oh, shit. I reckon probably easy five or six hundred kilos of weight out of it, just of shit. And then the front axles and international, like, isn't it? Are they like C thirteen hundreds? You know, like the equivalent of one of those Dodges. I'm pretty sure it's a C thirteen hundred. But so it's got a dually type front axle fitter, but it had hubcap wheels, so the wheels stuck out a mile, and it's got like you no know, like flexi flares on the front because of how wide the front tires are. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so. I just chased up some international front wheels to push the wheels back in. And, uh, yeah, so it's got – I just want it to look normal. So it's got that. And I'll sort out actually through Gary Johnston because he's a fucking top clap clap, an F350 diff so I can run an eight-stud Dana 70 on the back so I can match the wheels up all around. The thing with their big drums, they really perform well while you keep – they do the first couple of pumps, the things slow down really well. It's just when the heat gets in and they, they kind of fade a bit, don't they? Oh, for sure. Look, this thing, amazingly – well, I have done the brakes up too, which probably helps, but it stops really awesome because the international drums are bigger than the – as in the lining width is bigger than the Dodge – and the Dodge used those sort of self-energizing single piston wheel cylinders, whereas the International is like more conventional. Yeah. But I, I'm not going to use it for carrying shit around. Like the most it's going to have on the back is probably an engine or something. Like it's it's just blowback, blowback. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I can hear Maddie Ward is yelling that he would have beat me to yell that. <laughs> G'day, Maddie. Yes, that's the plan. Eventually, I'll go through 18 four speed. If I can't adapt the 318 to the, the new process 5-speed, I'll just go 318 4-speed because I have one of those as well. And uh, yeah, Side pipes. And gears in the back. And I'm just going to run twin 2.5-inch exhaust, no balance pipe, no mufflers, just like a long hot dog. And yep. have the, the kind of like, a, just imagine like the tow trucks used to where you just run a pipe out in front of the back wheels on each side. Yep. I just want it to be as loud as fuck. <laughs> and just you know that whole truck sounding loud as fuck so that's the plan leaving the ball bar i'm just doing the body i'm not painting it i'm just going to touch it up where it needs it for any rust repairs and um yeah i just wanted to look like as if con the fruiter i used it in the 80s and it's just survived ever since so. you know what chris coit's thinking right now right now chris coit's thinking key bangers key bangers <laughs> probably Probably. So, no, it's, it's just a bit of fun. And the other thing is, too, my dad loves these things. He just turned 80. 
And yep. it's something that he and I have been working on together a lot. So I am kind of just said to him, if you ever want to come over and work on it, make yourself at home and, you know, I'll just foot the bill. So he comes over and he'll click, like he's tidying up all the wiring because it had about an extra 5,000 metres of wiring in it that <laughs> it didn't need. So he's doing all that and he just gets to tinker on it without any of the responsibility. And that's perfect. But so, see, that 1984 model V8, that thing would have had from the factory about seven wires if it had a, if it didn't have a radio. If it had a radio, it had about nine. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. Like it's got you know stuff all in there, yeah. and we're just returning it to that setup. So it's got a lot of grandpa things fitted to it as well, as far as like just little bits and pieces here and there. And most of that stuff is staying, but it's you know, just the the real big shit that's going. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go, and I promise you, I'm going to buy you a CB for that. You find one that you want and send me a link. <laughs> I am. I promise you in front of everyone. I'm go, You find me one you want, send me a link to it. I'll go buy it. Oh, man. Look, the funniest thing with this, if you don't, like, if you even when you start it after a week, it blows so much fucking smoke on cold startup, like the diesel. It's like a bushfire coming out. It's just got a single pipe out the right-hand side at the moment. Yep. And it blows so much fucking smoke. It's like the house is on fire. Is it that much smoke until it warms up a bit? And the best part is a guy down the road from me. He owns a Tesla, and he's the sort of guy. <laughs> you know, you, you. I walk past his house, and he's out there. Oh, g'day, mate. Here you going? And one day he said to me, he goes, "Oh, he goes, you own that orange panel band, do you?" I said, "Yeah, mate. Yeah." And he goes. Fuck, that must chew the fuel. I said, no, not really. It's not too bad. It's actually nowhere near as bad as people think. Like, it only weighs like 1,700 kilos. <laughs> it's like, and I said, that's like with me, in it? He's like, oh, oh. He goes, yeah, yeah. He goes, yeah. And he's got a Tesla. His wife's got a, like a hybrid Camry. You know, like the, that yeah. style thing. And he's always going on to me about, oh, yeah, no, you know, because I'm doing the house. Oh, I'm using sustainable this and eco-friendly that i'm like yeah good on you mate like i don't give a fuck what anyone does so long as they're minding their own business with me uh, and he just always has to like drop in some lecture about me not being efficient with cars and this and that and i swear every time i start this dodge up he just happens to drive past or he happens to be out in his front yard and here i am like he goes past in his tesla being environmentally friendly and i completely fuck it up <laughs> by starting any goodness he does I completely fuck it up by starting the dodge, and that's just the best thing with the whole thing about it. So, right, yeah, yeah, right yeah, yeah. But it normally has that cold start. You know, they had that uh, heat switch in the intake, like at the top, yeah. and it used to like spurt a bit of diesel through it. That it would warm the diesel to cold start it. Yeah, but that's all been disconnected. So. On a really cold morning, I just shove a bit of start your bars, a bit of ether up, and yeah. it's fine. But it's not staying, so. When yeah. I get a V8 back, and it'll be fine. So, fucking long-winded version about that Dodge. So, yeah. I've been a diesel mechanic for 32 years, and I won't own one. I fucking hate them. Oh, I just like 318s. Yeah, so yeah. Be, so, I like petrols. Else. Oh, yeah, fucking. it just needs uh, rings and bearings done in it. So. Yeah, so that's pretty much it, mate. And that's what led us to talk about 1972, and we thought, well, fuck, while we're down there, we might as well talk about some 1972 stuff. Yes, I've got some music here from 1972 somewhere. Go for it. Hit me with your rhythm stick. Hit me. Hit me. Walk on the Wild Side by Lou Reed. That's a pretty... How, how, how funny is it when that still just gets played and we all know the words to it? Everybody knows the words to it. The millennials probably know the words to it if they're not offended by it. Yeah, that's right. And look, 
I personally hate that fucking song. I always have. I do like the, the a sample version was done. Shit. Must be a few years ago now. I'm just trying to think of who the who the people were who did it. You know, like they did a sample of that song. Christ, who was it? A Tribe Called Quest did it. Yeah, right. I'll send it to you. And it actually, I prefer that greatly to that song. I prefer the Tribe Called Quest version. So yeah, right. I'll send it to you. You can have a listen to what you reckon. Miss American Pie by Donnie McLean. That's a that's yeah. A, um, I fucking hate that song too, but that's all right. That's I, I'm on a roll here. What about Being Through the Desert on a Horse in Our Name by America? I actually I had that myself, and I really like that song, so that's okay. Yeah, Rocket Man by Elton John. I've got a great story, Elton John. So my uncle's a lifetime musician, very accomplished musician, and he he's he's never like work full time as a musician, but he's got a record collection that wouldn't fit inside this podcast. And uh, yeah. so whenever Elton just had family get-togethers and stuff, so he'd be he'd be seventy now, whatever. <clears throat> Great musician, beautiful musician. Mm-hmm. So whenever yeah. Elton John comes on at a family get-together, as soon as he opens his lip, my auntie gets up, packs her stuff, and leaves because he's saying is. You know, old Elton's an excellent musician, and my auntie just disgusts him. Packs up oh. and leaves, and he finishes this sentence with. You know, if I could sing like Elton, I'd probably suck a bit of dick. <laughs> and the auntie just, he knows he's on for a night. He knows that he's in for a night on the lounge as soon as he's had a few beers and he says it. <laughs> Look, it's kind of like that. And this one time at band camp in the yeah. movie American Pie, where every time she says that, except at the end, you just see the guy's eyes just go, fucked, roll. <laughs> and I bet she's doing the same thing. This is pretty much what I had. Black Dog by Led Zeppelin. Oh, Led song. Zeppelin. That'd go down like a Led Zeppelin. Yeah. <laughs> Children of the Revolution by T-Rex. Hate I it. I didn't mind that song. Hate yeah. it. I just hate T-Rex. Rex. Hate everything about it. Two awesome songs by David Bowie, Starman and Gene Genie. First movie I've ever seen at the theatre. The first time I went to the theatre was Starman. With, who's oh, in really? it? Yeah, who's in it? Um, Chris? Coy? <laughs> yes, Coity. Pete spent a bit of time with Coity. He's an absolute gentleman and just can't say enough about him. Great, great, great man, great, great human. He's been promoted to the office. He's up. Well, he's always been in the office role, but he's been promoted to the office. The, he's like, shit, this fucking, clap, clap, fucking computer. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> also had Take It Easy by the Eagles, which is a great song. Yep. My Elton John contribution is Tiny Dancer. And You Wear It Well by Rod Stewart. So some really, I hate the word classic, but some fucking classic hits there. But as far as Australian music goes, the only real one of merit, most people I know in brackets think that I'm crazy by Billy Thorpe and the Aztecs, which yeah. is, of course, a very popular song. So, yeah, that was some great stuff in 1972. Billy Thorpe died a few years ago since we were doing this podcast and spent his last years just playing at an RSL somewhere, but doing what he loved, you know? Yeah, and why not? It's probably yeah. a great thing. Banging hey, waitresses. Hit the wolf. <laughs> so, that's all right. What do you got for cars for 72? I've actually got fuck all for cars. I've got what's what, for what's cars. an LS? What's a two-door LS Monaro? I know what it is, but what makes it an LS? Do you know anything about them? Uh, it's kind of like the luxury version. So, you get a vinyl roof. You get uh, the Premier nose comb with the twin headlights, but the standard type grille. It was aimed to be like the... Oh, you know, like the bank manager's type of businessman's, you know, the thinking man's Monaro. So it was a bit more... <laughs> you don't hear that very almost, often. You, like you a, made that up. Like a, it's almost like a premier version of a Monaro. Yeah. And a little bit of a tidbit of information, HQ for you actually started off as an LS Monaro. The biggest problem you have these days is clap claps. If you say, oh, it's an LS Monaro, 
And they go, no, it's not. It's got a fucking 308. It has got an LS. And it's like, no. <laughs> the LS is the model. Like, the, the spec designation is LS. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, XA Falcon with that pepper red, that cover. Oh, yeah. I, 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 tell, I, wrote, I wrote an article and it managed to make it into the magazine website, the, the magazine. There is only one magazine and it is Street Machine. I'm saying this with my hand on my chest, you scoundrel. Uh, when I was coming through air a few years ago, there was a an old rooted, rusted XAGT mock-up parked in the street and I pulled up to have a yarn to the old man to find out it wasn't a mock-up. Was a daily driven since the day it rolled off the showroom floor. XAGT. Do you remember the thing I wrote? Yeah, yeah. How cool and, was that? And the guy and says, "Fuck for that." Yep. And he says to me, yeah. the old fella, he's a bit crook. He says, "Oh, when I get my super, I'm going to do it up." And I begged him, "Don't, man, don't. Just mm. keep fucking driving it." As an old XAGT, just on daily duties. I've probably got the article on my blog somewhere. I have still got the article on my blog. How cool is that, nice. Simon? That's very cool. Yeah. yeah. And a HQ Eskimo's cock. A H had cooler than Disturbia. Hey, Maddie Waters. And um, I fucking love Maddie Waters. Yeah. I, I love all the Woods, man. I, I've, I've, written a, I've written a poem that um, when Benny was on his ride for mental health when he finished it up here, one of the di- donations I made was actually a poem. I've donated some money as well. Oh. But I, I donated. It's different to your normal sperm donations you make, which is a fucking, you know, that's actually a good thing. I only donated mind. to my belly button. <laughs> Okay. You started it. Um, <laughs> HQ was a 72 model, was it not? Yeah, actually, they went 71 to 74. By the, by the power vested in fiction, what would you like to bring from 2022 and take back to 72? You know, I thought long and hard about this today, and I've got no fucking idea, to be honest. I, I, I did try and think about something I'd take back, but... I just, I just couldn't think of anything that I'd take back to 1972. Besides, besides probably like massive horsepower or the sporting almanac, just so I could win lots of money in the meantime. But the other way around, you know, look, actually, what I would do if I just if I can change, so I'm just thinking on the spot here. I'd go back to 1972 and try and get mixed up in the whole skateboard thing. You know, like the whole Dogtown and Z Boys. Just be part of that would be really fucking cool skateboarding in swimming pools and shit in California, Los Angeles. That'll do. Let's just say that, just so I can say I said something. Okay, well, I'll, I'll step in for you. I'll take these about 20 years ago or something. You know what Holden done? They just started putting Chevys in the Commodores, man. Cheapest chips nobody wanted. Them. In fact, they just even stopped building them because nobody really had any interest in them. Chevys, aluminium fuel-injected Chevy, six-bulb fuel-injected, all this Brembo brakes in them, leather interior. They're cheaper than fucking Hyundai, Simon. They're at the, you go to the wreckers and walk around and you trip over the rotten things. Right. So I'll take them back. I've got one. It's somewhere between here and some one of the green bin out there. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So I'll take them back. And I'll take microwave ovens back. Oh, that's a good idea. That'll save a lot of fucking around, won't it? Oh, the other night after, the other morning after night shift, I collected some eggs from the mess mm. and I put in the microwave in my uh, accommodation and I was mucking around. I must have forgot. So I was reading a book and I thought, oh, I better microwave that Megs and I put it back on for 30 seconds and I must have already done it. The rotten things exploded oh, and I was no. that angry, but I was laughing as well because something exploding in a microwave will never not be funny. Yeah, that's true. That's but true. So I was, cl- I was cleaning it up. I was angry and giggling 
And then Benny yeah, Hill, yeah. Benny Hill just happened to ring me, and I'm telling him, and he's like, "Yeah, you're right. It's funny and annoying at the same time." Yeah, it's one of those things that definitely smokes cock as far as the cleanup side yeah. of it goes, but the explosion side's good. <laughs> also, with the cleanup, as much as I hate to admit it, I ate it as well. <laughs> Well, that's just being smart in my eyes. Yeah. So what what I will bring from 72 to 2022 is a smoko hut conversation. Oh, yeah. What happened to me the other day, Sam, as I gave up, man, I'll admit. So I was in the crib hut and I fucking gave up this... I'm the odd man out, and I will admit to being in the wrong here. I got sick of, like, I'm, this is my fault, and I am taking responsibility, and I am taking the blame. Don't get me wrong. Everybody's sitting around looking into their damn stupid iPhones, their smartphones, whatever. I just went and I, there's a smoker hut that we no longer use, and it's only walking distance. Fuck that. I went and sat down there with the shits, and I read my book down in there. And I, I, I am sick of trying to jumpstart the conversation and to the point where now I just give up. Sorry, mate. What did you say? I was just actually looking at my iPhone. (laughs) No, no. Look, I know what you're saying. Yeah, look, the beauty of that is read a book. At least you get some fucking peace and quiet. I spend my from me, but see, you're getting peace and quiet from me. So, like, I understand that I am in the wrong. You know that. Fuck it. You know what's? Tell me a ghost story. What's? You know, I always have street machine magazines always with me in a crib heart. It's like. And some old fellow said, oh, I used to have one of them. Did you get a root in it? You know, I'm fucking, I, yeah. I, I understand that I am in the wrong here, so I'm not trying to stand on a milk crate, and, but there is no conversation anyway. If I'm in a room full of people, I want to talk. I'm a chatty motherfucker, and I apologize for it. But I, I've lost the fight, and I am no longer able to, fuck, man, a room full of humans, and we do not talk. It has read that book, Shantaram. Shantaram. fucking three inches thick. 1,500 pages, it's an epic. It's a fucking great book. I read it like 20 years ago, and I've just started reading it again because they're actually doing a TV, like a miniseries on it. Yeah, it is a great book. It's uh, Gregory. Yeah, it's a really, really great. I I read it one wet season up here. It's really great. It's an epic. And uh, when I finished reading it, there was some discussion whether it's true or not. It doesn't matter because, like I say, The Power of Estin and Fiction, it is a really great book. It's a classic. Is it a classic? No. It probably will become one. Considering that that guy is genuinely an Australian bank robber who escaped, I think it was Pentridge? Yeah. The, the, and fucked off to New Zealand and ended up in India. Yeah. Like, it's based on true events. Yeah. And I've listened to a lot of, you know, like, true crime podcasts and stuff about him. 1972 events, the first handheld calculator was released. It wasn't a watch. Called the, was it was the Hewlett-Packard, <laughs> no relation to Benny, HP35 pocket calculator, and in 1972, it cost a cool $395. That probably would have bought you a half-decent second-hand EH Holden back then. Um, or a pair of them. Exactly. Yeah, like even probably 10 fucked ones because they were just rusty <laughs> pieces of shit by 1972. All cars were. It's just the truth. And I'm not, I don't have an issue with that. I mean, I still buy them and fix them because I'm a fucking idiot. Now... Uh, Japanese soldier Shoichi Yuko was discovered in Guam in 1972. When World War II ended 28 years earlier, he failed to surrender. So he, as far as he was concerned, it was all still happening. Uh, the original tent embassy was set up in the Lord of Parliament House in 1972. This is something that you're going to like. The 15 millionth, 7,034th Volkswagen Beetle was produced which meant that the Volkswagen Beetle production surpassed that of the Model T Ford. 
How's that? Nice. Love the Volkswagen bonnets. I mean, Volkswagen. And how cool VWs in 72, McPherson strut front end, 600 twin port, all the good shit. Good heater. One one thing actually was a bit fucking shit about 1972. A shitload of bombs were exploding all over the place and assassination attempts. People were killed at the Olympic Games. There were militant groups doing lots of shit. Black Liberation Army killed a couple of coppers in America. A coal sludge spill killed 125 people in West Virginia. Like, there was a lot of really bad shit. Lots of plane crashes as well. Like, there was a lot of really bad shit happened in 1972, you know? So that's a bit fucking scary. And Watergate. The IRA would have been pretty pretty busy in 72, I think. Mate, you're exactly right. Everyone was busy, it seemed, killing people and letting off bombs and fucking probably scary times. Uh, and the plane crashes, like I said, shitloads of plane crashes. With people getting killed left, right and centre. Uh, yeah, the Watergate scandal was massive for that time, of course. But in good news, Atari released the arcade version of that game Pong. Yep. The, you get the stand-up arc. Yep, that's the one. And women were allowed to compete in the Boston Marathon for the first time. Yeah, right. Yeah, and also, lastly, big breaking news, uh, polyurethane skateboard wheels were released in 1972 by Cadillac Wheels. So instead of having your normal metal or wooden wheels, they went to polyurethane, which gave you better grip and all, all the other shit, which made them good. But Australia-wise, Gough Whitlam took over as Prime Minister from William McMahon, Guess who the Queensland Premier was in 1972? <laughs> Joe. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> fucking with you. Yes, it was Joe Berkey Peterson. Well, wasn't he the Premier for three and a half thousand years? Oh, fuck. He probably still is and he's dead. He'd probably do a better job, actually, even if he's dead. But that's a different story altogether. The first aircraft hijacking was in Australia in 1972. An ANSET flight from Adelaide to Alice Springs was hijacked. I'm not sure who, by who, or why. or. I think he just didn't want to go to Alice Springs. <laughs> Well, no yeah. offence to Howie, to Bruce Howie, the boss here at the Long Slappers. No offence. <laughs> also, smoking is a health hazard. That became compulsory to be added to packs of diaries back in 72. Have you heard that they've now they've, they've banned smoking products are going to be banned to anyone over 18 born recently? Like, what they're changing the law to is if you're born over a certain year, just once you hit 18, they're just, you're not allowed to buy them. That's going to be the new legislation. That can't be true. Yeah. Sure. I don't know if it's true or not. I'm saying sure. That's definitely what yeah, I've heard. Yeah, okay. Well, that's, yeah, that's a bit of a stretch. But you just never know what can happen, I suppose. Mm. Yeah. Tobacco. Uh, yes. Did you have any tidbits of information about 72? Or are you happy for me to talk about movies? Movies, films. Okay. 1972, Godfather, The Poseidon Adventure, of course, with Gene Hackman, Ernest Borgnine. That was a great movie. Godfather was great. <laughs> um, a couple of, this is an Australian one, Adventures of Barry McKenzie, but a couple of ones that you might remember, Deep Throat was released in 72. Yes, a genuine film. Uh, yeah. That's right, yep. Yeah. And lastly, I don't know if you would have seen this movie. I remember seeing this as a kid because it used to get played in the 80s a fair bit on TV. A movie called Everything You Always Wanted to Know About Sex. And the thing I remember clearly about that movie, they had this boob, like a massive tit, that was rolling down the highway. So they had, like, this news cap. It was, like, obviously just a, a, a takeoff type movie. They had these cameramen following this massive boob that was rolling down the highway. Like, fuck. Look <laughs> at that shit. But anyway, I thought that was pretty cool. I have to try and find a photo of that, and I'll send it to you. But, yeah, anyway, so that was another movie. And TV, there's a lot of shit going on with TV in 1972. Maud, that was on with B. Arthur, who was later a golden girl. Did you ever watch Maud? No. 
Oh, it used to be on TV all the time when I got home from school in the 80s. And, uh, oh, you, you'll love this show. I fucking hate this show. But MASH, that started in 72. Yes, love MASH. Number 96, of course, Abigail with her massive tits. That was a 1972 <laughs> Australian TV show, which was also bookended by the Arnie Jack show with Graham Bond. Oh, I love that. Yep, he was featured in that movie that I should know the name of. Just Benny Hewlett. What's it called? Uh, Running and Empty. Oh, yes. He was, that. he was on the coppers. We had Price is Right, as in the American version, started then and still goes to this day. And, of course, we had the new Price is Right with, in Australia with Ian Turpy. Mum always reckons, and if you get a chance to watch it, if you are forced to, she always reckons he was drunk. Well, probably. It's probably just what they did. Uh, we had Fat Cat and Friends, a TV show about a cat that fucking said fuck all, really. Smoke bombs. Uh, <laughs> the Graham Kennedy Show. Yes, like Graham yep. Kennedy, yep. And finally, and this is a show I used to watch all the time as a young whippersnapper, The Curiosity Show. Yes, loved it. Dean, yep. Dean Hutton and Rob Morrison. Oh, I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you yep. asked. 1972 to 1990, that show ran for 18 years, and they're always doing weird experiments and cool shit. I used to really like that show. Yeah, I liked as it as well. Whippersnapper. Yeah. I like science. I was good at science at school, believe it or not. Yeah, I mean, I got good yeah. marks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good work. But that's pretty much all I had for 1972. So I did stuff that I didn't need to do, but didn't do the things I was supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's exactly right. Now, um, did you have anything else you wanted to add or talk about from 1972 before we... I want to bring back the lamb roast. Margaret Fulton. Fulton. Margaret Fulton. She tells the story about she was driving in the 70s through Wollongong on a Sunday mm. and you could smell a lamb roast from every house. Fuck, I'm hungry now. Man, that. the other day I decided to have my dinner. I didn't have lunch. I decided to have my my dinner early, mm. about 6 o'clock. I normally have tea when I'm home about 9 o'clock a bit later. I don't know what I fucked up. I think I, I had spaghetti bolognese and I it was terrible. Mm. And I was that angry. I don't have an indoor. I don't have a garbage bin inside. I just take it straight to the green bin. I was that angry. I ran outside in just like a rang of rage, and I threw the whole fucking thing into the garbage bin. And years ago, you've seen my green bin. I painted a peace sign on it when I was mucking around out the front. Yeah, and yeah. I threw the whole spaghetti bolognese, the whole bowl in the bin, and I laid the slipper into the bin. I kicked it over in a rage, and as I kicked it, the bowl came rolling back out. Fucking, I wouldn't eat it either. I'm like yelling at this bin with a big peace sign painted on the side. (laughs) Fuck this. And I'm thinking I'm going to make a lamb roast. So, yeah, the next night I cooked a lamb roast and it was delicious, man. And you know what I had with it? Salt and pepper. (laughs) Salt and pepper's here. Yeah. Oh, there you go. You're showing showing your age there now and your lack of musical fucking taste. Hey, I surely must have told you the story about me putting an automatic transmission in the wheelie bin. I must have told that story on the podcast. <laughs> no, I haven't heard it. No. Surely. Nope. Are you sure that I've never told the story? Well, if you, I don't have the greatest memory. You could charge me with that crime and I'll be convicted. Uh, look, I will just tell you again, and if any, if it has been oh, I haven't in heard the last it. few years, then so be it. I'll just take the, the hate mail. But back in about <laughs> oh, the late 90s, I suppose it was, I used to build, like, a lot of automatic transmissions and shit at home, but I also used to wreck out a lot of cars. Yeah. And this one particular day, I'd, I had, like, heaps of Borg 135s, and I'd strip out certain ones, like, parts from the Slant 635s that I'd use in, like, Hemi-based ones to so kind of strengthen them up a bit. This one particular day, I had fuck all in the, in the bin, 
and I had a completely rooted Borg Warner 35 sitting there. I had heaps of spare bell housings. I had heaps of spare, like, extension housings and cases. I thought, fuck this. I'm just going to chuck the entire automatic transmission into the wheelie bin. So picked up the transmission, put it into what was basically an empty bin, and then I just put a couple of Coles bags on top, you know, just to hide it and shit. Unfortunately, it had leaked out a lot of oil whilst it was in the bin, but I put it out for the, the Garbo, and I've heard the truck coming up the street because the bin was, like, really fucking heavy to move. It was, like, difficult to move it back and forth. So I've gone to the front of the house, and I'm, like, peering through a gap in the curtain at the front to see what's going to happen. And the house I lived in was fairly close to the local recycling station, so the trucks would go up there, dump off all their shit, keep on with the runs or whatever. <laughs> I've heard the truck coming up the street. He pulls up out the front of the house, puts the, the fucking hydraulic forks out, picks up the bin, throws it up and opens the top, and you can kind of like see the flash of the transmission go into the go into the truck and being followed by like a wall of red transmission fluid or brown transmission fluid because it was fucked. Anyway, and it goes, boom! Like it just had that <laughs> resonance you get. In what was a fairly empty garbage truck body, <laughs> the guy, is, you know, they, they run right and left-hand drive. Uh. So the guy fucking hops out and he climbs up onto the top and he's looking in and he looks up at the house and I, I'm like hiding like a five-year-old. I'm like, you know, in my late 20s by this stage or whatever, 27. And he's obviously realised what I've done and he's looked down at the bin and the bin was just fucking caked in transmission fluid. <laughs> He hops back in the truck. He puts the forks under the bin again. And instead of like, because it was back down where it was like left on the bin, he picks up the bin and he goes, like back and forth really fast with the hydraulics, like, and releases it. And he flicks the bin. And the bin travels like five metres up the front path, doing like 360s. And fucking transmission fluid went everywhere. <laughs> so this bin ends up at the base of my front stairs and there's fucking transmission all everywhere and he roars off. <laughs> it's the fucking bin Olympics, man. Oh, eh? my God. I was just amazed. Like, I was completely impressed by what he did with the bin, but I was like, fuck. So, anyway... I spent, yeah, a couple of hours that day cleaning all the red trans or brown transmission fluid off the concrete. I got a fucking canary on mine a couple of weeks ago. Have you ever, have you ever had a canary? Yeah, because I, I, I'm, you know, you know you're becoming an old man when you refuse to put the, the wheelie bin out unless the fucking thing is jammed full to get, you know, the most of your rates payments. Uh. So I will fill the bin up, then I'll stand in it and jump up and down to pack it down. And I've actually split the bin. Like, I've split the sides of the bin a couple of times over the years from doing that. And then I'll get yeah, a canary to get a new one. I, I got a canary the other day. I was had the wrong shade of recycling. I don't give a fuck full of stuff. And I was that angry. I walked out the back and went, just let it go, man. I <laughs> rang my brother, said, come around. And I took a photo. And I've got to write a piece on my blog about, you know, you're getting older. My car has got the normal size wheels on it. There's nothing sticking out of the engine. It's got a complete fucking exhaust system. It's registered for fuck's sake. Yeah. My garbage bin got a fucking... It's even yellow, bro. The sticker is even fucking yellow. Yeah. I'm like, 
I'm a normal suburban boring motherfucker, eh? Like I like football oh. and fucking songs about war. What's that song? You know by that album? Yeah, yeah, I'm an arsehole. Yeah, I'm an arsehole. I've got a canary. I'm, a, I'm going to finish. I've got to finish the article for my blog. I'm like. <laughs> and then when the bin was coming up, <laughs> what I was going to do, because the only reason you got a canary, it's non-recycling, <laughs> I considered fucking making a mock-up. It's going to pull the wheels up. I pull the <laughs> lid off it, put the wheels, the yellow wheels in the... <laughs> this is true, bro. <laughs> do a mock-up. Put the green... I've got to figure out this. Put the green wheels and the green lid on the other fucking garbage bin. Oh, and nice. uh, I'm like, fuck, yeah. I'm getting old, man. I'm just like... This. But what I did, when I, when the other bins come up, I was going to walk in and say, mate, would you consider taking this yellow bin into your normal bin and into the yeah. general garbage? And then I went, this is going to end in a fucking argument. So what I did, I stood out behind my house silently fuming. This That was also what happened to me the other day. I was on my pushy riding along the bicycle path, texting. Yeah. And the fucking coppers come beside me in the side-by-side. You know what a side-by-side is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, those, like, yeah. Those I've got my like, pushy helmet on. Fucking things. Yeah, I'm yeah. On my, and I'm riding along texting, and the cops pull me side and he goes, you can't text while you're riding. I'm 49 oh. now, so you know what I said? Nothing. <laughs> I put my phone, it's been a long ride. for. It's been a long adventure, a long adventure. Yeah. I put my phone back in my pocket and I said nothing. I said I said to myself, you're 49 years old, Redmond. 30-year-old Redmond, this would have ended differently. <laughs> yeah. I use public toilets and I piss on the seat. Let's yes. Just, you know, just keep singing the song and you'll get back into the swing of the old Redmond. I just let the cops go along on their way. I put my phone in my pocket. <sighs> you know, the thing I love about getting old, right, and being a bloke getting old, if some young fuck is pissing you off, you're at that point where you can say, listen here, Sonny. Like, if someone's going to sledge you, they should at least get their shit together. Well, do you know what? You don't, legit about you it. don't even have to be a baby boomer. Any a millennial calls anyone a boomer that's not a millennial. And you know what? I drive a V8 and I've got a beard, so to them, I'm a boomer. And it is the greatest fuck-up cock-up ever because isn't it a great... It's a reverse insight. I'll take that as the best compliment ever. I wish I was a boomer, aren't they fucking titans? Yeah, exactly. It's like when people call me a skippy who aren't of, like, yeah, Asian-Australian right. background. I don't give a fuck. That's a compliment as far yeah. as I'm concerned. You can call me a skippy all day and I'll be proud. So. I'm the only one in the whole workshop that owns an Australian car, yet I wasn't born in Australia, you fucking idiots. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You've, so there's a bunch of moots out there that have a moot shed and uh, Matty Waters describes it as the men shed for a bunch of wankers. So g'day to you guys out there. Of course, I don't use social media, so I do know what you guys are up to. Yeah, when I'm on that. I'm in that group. You're in that group. So uh-huh. the wanker group or the... Oh, pretty much any group mm-hmm. of wanker. Yeah, <laughs> I fit in with that. When Happily, Benny Hewlett was on his ride up here heading north, I made a donation of two things, a few, a few dollars that I could spare, but I made a donation of a poem, and I donated that in the name of the Mootshed for the guys. Anybody that's going through any sort of shit in their life, which is anybody that's alive, yeah, I just like to yeah. don't... There's an important thing called hope, and the way the English language works, if I was to say to you, have a good day, I would prefer to say, I hope you have a good day. So you work at that. Oh. Yeah, just that little fiddle in the English language. It does two yeah. things. For me, it gives some hope, but it's not an order. You get that, Simon? So, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I say, I hope you have a good day. Is a bit different to saying, have a good day. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so anyone's 
yeah, going through a medical issue or a, a mental health issue or shitty breakup or shitty day at work or anything, I wrote this poem and I'm donating this in the name of the mootshed. <laughs> Righto. Yep. Hope. There is always hope. All the songs have not been written. All the sweethearts have not been kissed. Stanzas of poem are still but ink. It is far from over. It is still brand new. It is an eternal dawn. It is still brand new. Written by Redmond. That's it. Very nice. That's, but Very um, nice. another thing that we always do here, we're a great supporter of uh, Brett Abraham at Car 035, a New South Wales variety bash. He does a lot of work for children in New South Wales that need our help. Um, so if you've got a few shekels, yeah. jump on and find Brett. And uh, jump on to Brett and give him a few shekels or just say hello to him if you can. He, I know he has a lot of fun with that car. Hey, can I recite a poem as well? Yes. It's not from me. It's from the great Happy Gilmore. Hey, why don't I just go and eat some hay? I can lay by the bay, make things out of clay. I just may. What do you say? <laughs> that is just... Fuck, I love Happy Gilmore. Yeah, That's that when he's with Shooter McGavin. But Shooter McGavin goes, just stay out of my way or you'll pay. Listen to what I say. <laughs> um, if you guys... I'm not fucking with you. Right, I will thank you very much, Simo, for mowing the lawn in the blackout with a fly mow. Yeah, I'm going to ride at the shops and get something to eat before it gets dark. Otherwise, I'll get fucking raped. Yeah, I'd go for a ride. But if I tell you I'm going to go for a bike ride, you're going to believe me about as much as you'd believe anything Peter Foster says. So I'm not even going to start lying to you. <laughs> right, I mean, take care. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Cheers, mate. See you, everyone. Bye. Bye. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Thong Slappers, Australia's first dedicated streetcar podcast. We're here in the podcast, so we're going to do a To The 60, part of our short story podcast. That's Simo out there doing the recording for us on the other side of this glass. Hey, Simo, have we got a red light? Yep, cool, means we're recording. Uh, just to say, excuse me, Simo, can you give me a bit more volume in my left earphone? Thank you. A bit more? Yep, yep. <laughs> just let me paint the picture. Simon's on the other side of the glass here. And <clears throat> okay, for anybody that went to a pub public school, with Simon's right hand, his index finger and his thumb, he's made a circle. With his left index finger, he's pointing his finger through that circle rather rapidly. What do you think that would mean? But yes, thank you, Simon, for your sign language. <laughs> righto, righto, Simon. Um, I will take your sign language advice rather rapidly if I could. <laughs> righto, Simon, are you, are you ready, mate? Well, yep. Can hear you, mate. Yep, that's good. Thank you. Red light. One, two, three, go. To serve and collect. To serve and collect, in brackets, rubbish. A true internal barometer or indicator of your own intelligence could be, if you're a sentence, like me, to serve your community. This morning finds our anti-hero, me, picking up rubbish at a local rugby league sporting oval. During my public school incarceration, oops, I mean education, I often served on the playground rubbish retrieval committee, mainly as the retriever. As poor as my arithmetic is, I figure this morning's punishment is about 40 years apart from my last upheld conviction that led to my rubbish duty. It's a fine bunch of pirates that gather at 9am in the groundskeeper's shed for our processing and pre-start. We are handled bins and grabbers. The meth heads beeline directly for the grandstand and and proceed to scratch around in the rubbish, apparently looking for dropped watches, wallets, 
phones, rings, satellites and active 5G conspiracy devices. Jordan, a veteran of over 200 hours community service, equally as many bad tattoos and way too many glass indoor barbecues, starts schooling me. He tells me that under the grandstands on a Monday is prime real estate as many a jewel has been dropped by a sports fan and it's best to get in early and start digging around in the rubbish if I hope to find anything good. Jordan finds a pretty full bottle of Gatorade and smiles through a pair of remaining teeth as he drains the bottle. I distance myself from the gearheads and make a few laps of the boundary collecting the less valuable rubbish. Well, less valuable than a three-quarter Gatorade bottle full of drink. I start work sorting out the recycling in the skip bin area and ride a blues rift in G called Crime Cardboard Recycling Mama. I send the tweakers away. They're just too spaced out to help. I get the stoners to help. The stoners are nice and slow and careful with the recycling. Plus they wear excellent t-shirts. The commander spots me and directs me to start work cleaning up the tuck shop. Sweet, I think, out of the sun. My freckles and fair skin thanks him. I walk into the tuck shop area and mistake it for the livestock display. There is less rubbish in the recycling area. I seriously think this weekend's event must have been a junk food tournament with a junior rugby league canteen. There is a flock of Indian miners eating both the dried and still wet tomato sauce off the tabletops. There are so many black drinking straws on the floor of the eating area, I mistake it for black tiling. I open the screen door to the kitchen area and three ibis birds run out gagging, glad to make their dash for freedom and fly directly back to the rubbish tip. I look into the kitchen and I agree with them. I'm not sure whether I should attempt to clean this place up or call in a NATO airstrike. In my mind, I imagine the cabinet meeting where the local police commander, the director of community corrections and the minister for health all sign the policy on having petty criminals clean various cooking and eating establishments for sporting groups around the community. Solid plan. I finally managed to pry the tomato sauce, child snot, chewing gum and other various suburban poisons that get served as fast food from the Ofesco area of this wonderful facility and start upon my next task of sorting out the lost and found. I'm sure people must have left this event naked on Sunday. In the lost and found I discover lost shoes, not a pair, one of each. How do you lose one shoe? Did our forgetful single shoe-clad football fan hop across the road on his way exiting the game? As I sort through and sift out the flotsam and jetsam, I wonder did it all belong to one absent-minded person? Could there be a person leaving very sunburnt because he lost his hat? Is he hopping because he lost his shoe? Do they have untidy hair due to misplacing this hairbrush? Did they discard these undies due to them being soiled after an upset stomach from contracting botulism from the dining precinct? I watch one of the gearheads whippersnip the car park, but the whippersnipper's not running. <sighs> I then head off to weed the garden. I look at the sky and I ask, can you bring me a little water, Sylvie? Written by Redman. The bike is Casey Jones, Harley Davidson, Sportster. I'm Redman. I woke up in the morning light. I put on my blue jeans. I feel all right. I check my iPhone. It's the 4th of July, 2022. The strongest black coffee I could find in my kitchen displaces the sleepy fog in my mind. I select Forever in Blue Jeans by Mr. Neil Diamond and my house acoustically awakens. The guitar track perfectly introduces this righteous gentleman's voice. 
I decided the world would be a better place if we all started the day with 3 minute 25 seconds of sage lyrical advice. I do believe that he is correct in saying honey's sweet, but it ain't nothing next to baby's treat. And if you pardon me, I'd like to say we do okay forever in blue jeans, babe. I look out of my kitchen window as I draw heavily from my steaming cup. I see something black and chrome born of Milwaukee in my backyard. The Milwaukee native in my keep is Casey Jones. Benny did a great thing on this Harley Davidson and named Miss Casey Jones. He rode a 5,228 kilometres north up Australia's coast to raise funds and awareness for souls who struggle with mental health. Check his ride out at teamblackdog.com.au fundraisers Benny's Coast Run. YouTube Red Dirt Pirate, Instagram at the Riverina Heathen, kenoth.com.au, Street Machine Magazine July 22 Broadcast Editorial, Street Machine Carnage YouTube channel, or OnlyFans Redman Emma Watson. <laughs> Benny had some great help from friends along the ride. Casey was well looked after too, as was Benny. Benny's gracious hosts often washed and serviced Casey, including an oil change in service and attaching some strangely missing safety gear, that is mirrors. The reason Benny gave me for not running mirrors until a concerned helpful host fitted them was, quote, it's like the TV, man. The pitch is better on the radio, unquote. I yin the shit out of Benny's yang in the hosting department. I figured I'd better not spoil him. I told Benny, my tools are in the ceiling and my brother borrowed the ladder. As much as I'd dearly love to adjust his Harley Johnson rod or change the air in the tyres, unfortunately, at this time, I'll be unable to assist. I have a holistic approach to motorcycle maintenance. Components and wear packages will fall off when it's their time, kind of like a scrub tick. The meals Ben shared with his hosts along the coast could be best described as banquets. Again, I felt it my duty to thicken his armour by offsetting the gastronomic opulence with my own tough love-based regime. Benny texted me that he was en route to my place. I replied, please grab a loaf of bread, white, and some milk, white, and a jar of Vegemite, black. He replied, for fuck's sake. Okay. I also left his room exactly as he'd left it from his last visit. His dinner looked like a participant in an NRL cocaine-fueled Mad Monday orgy. A pair of empty Zinger burger wrappers on the floor and a half-empty Miller's draft stubby on his bedside table. Benny threw his swag on the floor and sarcastically whips, Gee, you shouldn't have gone to too much trouble. I point to the stubby and ask, I wasn't sure whether you wanted that when you left it there last year. We both jump back as a large huntsman spider, startled by us, runs along the poster of Cookie Monster with a machine gun and dives under the race car bed. Benny looked at me and sighed, fucking perfect. I text Desi from Kenneth Clothing and asked, are your t-shirts spider proof? Asking for a friend. One hour and 46 minutes later, Benny runs me up to Townsville Hospital. Fuck me. I will not tell of the events leading up to the hospital visit in this rant because I feel it's best left to Benny when he writes his book of this ride. I will, however, say that it's some hippie shit, some numerology, cosmo, spaced out, freaky shit that we both agree it's part of Casey's story. Benny led from the front on his fat black old bike, getting the bell ring 19,000 times for the Black Dog Institute. Benny is one of the most humble persons I've ever met, and you'll hate me for writing that last statement. It does give me a great thrill making Benny feel uncomfortable. And fuck you anyway, Benny. I drop Benny at the airport, and he's off on his next adventure, the rock and roll mechanic. Benny did achieve greatness on Casey. Me, I rode it hard and put it away dirty. Bike test. 
2012 Harley Davidson Nightster 1200cc. I slipped on my black Hadfield Hot Rod t-shirt and being a cooler months, I wormed into my matte black hoodie. I knew Benny would agree as many times he's told me he'll wear a darker colour than black when they make one. I dead stick roll Casey out onto my driveway then fetch my helmet. I go through a pre-ride mechanical check which consists of checking to make sure it has two wheels and an engine. I hit the go button and almost immediately hit the no button. Fuck me, holy Mary, mother of sweet Jesus, baby Christ in a manger on Conrod Strait. I'm startled. I take my helmet off and inspect the engine, in particular the exhaust. As I suspected, there is two 50cm lengths of 55 diameter hollow tubes masquerading as an exhaust system. I make sure this amplifier is in fact bolted on the cylinder heads and restart the engine. Yep, this is perhaps the most vulgar sounding motorcycle I have ever heard. I immediately fall even more in love with it. I grab my telephone and ring Benny, he answers. Red to Benny. You fucking wanker. Benny. Oh, good morning, Red. Red. Seriously, Benny. I just started this fucking monster. It's too loud. Benny. It's fucking good, hey. Red. How the fuck did you ride at 5,000 clicks, I question. Ben. With a smile from ear to ear. Red. No, Ben. It's obnoxious and it's too loud. Ben. So are you, yet I love you. Ben then hangs up. Touche, I say to myself. That leaves me in my driveway debating whether I should ride the damn thing. I've had Japanese road bikes and dirt bikes since I was a teenager and all of them had loud pipes. I'm a streetcar guy. Loud pipes are fine by me, up to the point of me preferring them or insisting upon them. This thing is above the point of loud. This is Vance and Hines' exhaust pipe for the criminally deaf. Fuck it. I decide to ride it, but I also decide on setting up for it correctly. I take off my matte black hoodie and throw it on the bonnet of my SS. I march straight up to my shed and I open up my locker. I grab out my M65 olive green field jacket. If I'm going to ride them as vulgar sounding bike ever to smack the suburbs up the side of the head, I'm going to do it in John Rambo's jacket. I am surprised by how normal and user friendly the Harley brakes and controls are. The brakes are great for a 1200cc bike considering the front disc looks like it was lifted from John Sinclair's 1986 XR250. I was hoping the controls would be a bit different or difficult so I could feel dangerous and daring about the whole thing. The suspension. Apparently it has suspension. I could find no proof of this. The engine. The 1200cc air-cooled EF5 V-twin is fun, really fun. From the bottom of the rev range into the trot, it finds its lungs in the mid-range when the torque comes marching home in a deafening gallop. To break the performance down into terms I can understand, I think of the engine in comparison to two Honda XR600 engines to equal the 1200cc, then add EFI. I'm convinced the camshaft has the same specs as the paint shaker at Bunnings, as my finger obtained a numbness they have not enjoyed since the 20th of April. Given the bike is pretty light, my overall impression is surprisingly a machine that I can get to accelerate and moving along very nicely. I had to try and ignore the abundance of noise to figure out what is happening with the bike and came to the conclusion it can be ridden pretty aggressively. The gearbox is sporty. Oh hell, wait a minute. I should say the gearbox responds sharply to input. Sporty, duh. I would like the 5-speed transmission to be wide ratio, 4-speed for no other reason than to make it a bit raw. And with the torque being the main show in town, holding the gear a bit longer and louder would lead to much more wide open throttle instead of chugging along. The factory could reduce low gear a bit. 
to have a gap in the ratio between first and second to encourage enthusiastic riding from the traffic lights, bike bars, car parks, and candy wrap stingers. The cable activated clutch instead of hydraulic adds it the charm of a 1.2 litre motorcycle. As far as handling goes, there's a large red 6 foot 95 kilo component behind the engine, slightly above the seat, called the pendulum or the Redmond. Every time I run over a piece of cane toe poo, the jarring effect causes my iPhone to pocket dial my chiropractor. When I leave the traffic lights, I look like a toddler on a dinky bike because I go to put my feet on the pegs, only to find the pegs are not in the correct position. They're not underneath me. The foot pegs are way out in front of me, in the perfect position for a reclining lounge chair. If I were on my lounge chair at home and needing to catch a Titan-sized medicine ball above my ears, the riding position would be perfect. The ape hangers, foot pegs and headset angle all conspire to place me in the absolutely worst possible physical position to impose my will on the geometry of the bike. Uh, I make my peace with it and I remember it's all about a Harley, so I click down one gear, rev the shit out of it, sit back a few degrees, relax and grin. I did not have much of a baseline to compare this bike to as I've not ridden a lot of Harleys. I don't care. Every single thing that rolls along on two wheels is fun to ride. This morning before riding Casey, I pounded out a motor on my mountain bike. Lived a ride, hey. I pound through my suburb on Casey. She does not have a burble, she has a burst. Casey hates eardrums. Casey hates quiet. Casey hates normal. Casey hates vanilla. I make a mental note to write a poem called Casey Hates Missionary and send it to Benny. I ride down the Ross River and stop to have a drink a can of USA Champagne. Coke. I have it in my pocket as a toast to the 4th of July. The good people of the Upper Ross District Rowing Club are all setting up their vessels for their morning row. They look fit in their tight-looking waterproof get-ups. I guess they're a bit posh. Not quite the British upper-class Westminster Hall Rowing Club posh. But being posh in Townsville's having blue hard yakka workwear instead of orange high-vis, the birds are chirping and swaying in the paper barks and watching the rowers in their still, fast-looking, peaceful Sunday morning water. The quietness and beauty of the morning is a bit too much. I watch on draining my can of coke as the rowers strut about perfectly in their self-righteous upper-middle-class art of fully clothed masturbation without moving their wrists, using expensive boats, disco muscles and least European cars. Fuck this. Let's give them a taste. Are you with me, Casey? I ask her as I strap my helmet onto the sissy bar, easy rider style, and grab a handful of mischief from my dark and red-headed innards. I mount the bike and fire it into life. It's atom bomb time on the Ross River Rowing Reserve. I tap down on the gear lever and Casey's dogs engage in war. Hell opened up and put on sail. Loud. Casey and I bank right and now we're on the approach to the access road of the boat ramp. We are strafing along the lower dirt road of the riverbank. I am now the pendulum behind the fuel tank. With no helmet, my ears are showing no mercy and being punished, as are the rowers. Casey's D-Day acoustics are echoing and thundering off the high riverbanks clean over the water. In my mind's eye, school children are scrambling under their desks. It is terrible and glorious as we disturb the peace. Welcome to July the 4th, 2022. Allow me to introduce Casey Jones. My work here is done. I ride out of the reserve and I am sitting at the traffic lights without a helmet, smiling, electrified and deaf. It's 9.30am. An elderly taxi driver pulls up beside me and does a double take. <laughs> he has genuine disgust in his eyes. The iron is not lost in me. I'm wearing Travis Bickle's jacket. Fuck the helmet. I'm claiming my little bit of freedom and bravery for the 4th of July. Written by Redmond. The 1972 GT HO Phase 3. 
purpose-built supercar, built with a single goal to destroy Mount Panorama Bathurst. 351 cubic inch block, 4MA crank, 4V heads, cold air intake, massive carburetor, 11 inch clutch, bull nose, 31 spline top loader, 9 inch Detroit locker diff, 31 spline HO axles, huge rear brakes, 36 gallon fuel tank with quick fill, fat sway bar, component names like Detroit and Cleveland, a clear warning of the pedigree. This thing was Armageddon on four wheels. When it rolled out of the pits that cold October morning in 1972, the competitors were stunned by the sound emitting from the exhaust. The draw of the intake alone was intimidating. This piece of machinery was destined to rip the field apart, scorch the tar and blur the hands of the lap time stopwatch. When it blazed out onto the mountain straight and rolled the power on, the shaker torque twisted with that angry Cleveland ran up full noise. The courageous, talented and brash driver was pulling the trigger and riding the lightning. The engine was wide open and using enough fuel to start another hell and keep it burning. As it roared back down Conrod Strait, the noise grew from the singing of a sweet four-barrel carburetor into a sound that could frighten off the four horsemen's approach. Such was the noise that the bikers in attendance got off their Harleys in tears. They covered up their tattoos. While this apocalyptic red and black demon was out on the track laying down its hellborn power, a young, neat, thin kid was bent over looking inside the engine bay of his own little meek race car, an XU1 Tirana. He decided it was ready. He spoke quietly with his mechanic and fired it up. The engine sounded harmonic, in tune and crisp. Later on during his career, this driver would come to know this mechanical sound. This particular type of mechanical discipline would become his trademark through many different cars, finally becoming his legacy. But on this cold morning, he knew nothing other than the perfection he could hear. He paused before he slipped on his helmet. He listened to the madness coming from that big red and black supercar as it ran its warm-up laps around Mount Panorama Circuit. The same thought had been reoccurring in his mind all morning. I am going to win. I am going to beat that supercar. Perfection can beat supercars. He snuck out of the pits quietly and opened the throttle. Boo-hoo, Subaru, 1972. Well, that's enough fun for one day. I'm sweating more than a non-legacy applying to Yale. <laughs> <laughs>